You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Welcome to another episode of The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. I am, of course, Garrett Ashley Mullet. This is episode 67 of this podcast, and we're going to talk about something that was mentioned to me as an idea from a friend of mine, co-worker, listener to this broadcast, Scott Walston. Scott, if you're out there, thanks for the idea, and uh, glad you're listening. But uh, he mentioned to me that he and his family just recently watched The Crudes 2, the sequel to The Crude. They watched it in theaters. And he said it was awful. And I will give full disclosure, I will admit, I haven't seen it yet. I did watch the first Crudes movie a couple of times. I thought it was pretty funny. You have Nicolas Cage playing a caveman. And Nicolas Cage is nothing if not entertaining. He is a very entertaining guy. And so I watched the Crudes 1. haven't seen Crudes 2, but I have it on Scott's Authority that the movie is very much about feminism. It's very much about female empowerment and it is about the women of this caveman family rescuing all the men because the men are incompetent and they get captured and female power woman power all of that kind of stuff and so that's unfortunate i do plan on watching it that is not actually the main topic for this show because i haven't seen it just yet uh, I will mention briefly on our way to the main topic, which is uh, prayers that end in woman for 5,000, Alex. Uh, I will mention that I've seen reviews for the new Wonder Woman 1984. I'm really disappointed to see the reviews that I'm seeing. The b- consensus seems to be that it is a woketopia, woman's empowerment flick. It is not like... The, I think it was 2017 that the first Wonder Woman film by Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot came out. And it was awesome, honestly. It was a really great uh, flick. It was a great superhero movie. It was a great movie anyways. And I say that as somebody who really has not been a fan of what the DC Universe comic book hero movies have brought to the table. Ever since Christian Bale and Christopher Nolan did the Dark Knight series. That trilogy was phenomenal. It was fantastic. And ever since they got off of the uh, DC Universe bandwagon or whatever, uh, it just hasn't been the same. I haven't enjoyed any other DC movies. The exception being, I did really, really enjoy the Wonder Woman film in 2017. In fact, I cried just a little bit when Wonder Woman gets up out of these trenches And she goes charging these machine gun nests. And it's just this phenomenally shot, heroic scene. And you just don't know what's going to happen. It was just really, really well constructed. It was a really great movie. Very good on the character development front. It was compelling. I enjoyed it. But Wonder Woman 1984, unfortunately, is a product of the year 2020. And so as such, Patty Jenkins has pulled out all the stops from what I'm hearing. Again, haven't seen it yet, but I'm not 100% sure. I'm not 100% sold that I want to see it, to be quite honest with you, if it's going to be uh, just a whole lot of feminism being crammed down all of our throats. That's not my idea of an uplifting story. It's not my idea of entertainment for sure. 
And if The Croods 2 is more of the same, it really is par for the course for what Hollywood is putting out these days. I don't know if this is Me Too. I don't know if this is a product of Donald Trump being the president. I don't know what the deal is, but it needs to stop. It's just gross. It's awful. It's blah. And somebody's got to have, I'm sorry, somebody's got to have the stones uh, to say, this is ridiculous, guys. This is just nonsense, right? This is absurd, and don't make movies like this. And maybe that's just what the box office has to tell these outlets and these studios. Maybe that's what the people that are paying for tickets have to tell them. We're not going to watch your stupid movie if this is what you're going to give us. We don't want to see this. Uh, you know, I read a, an interesting piece from the Daily Wire the other day talking about how Patty Jenkins has actually been put in charge of the new Star Wars film, Rogue Squadron. And this is supposed to come out sometime in the next couple of years, and it is supposed to be a redemption of the Star Wars movie franchise after the newest, most recent trilogy covering uh, Kylo Ren is the only character that I think of as being uh, really worth. Finn, Finn's fun. Uh, I, a lot of people didn't like Finn. I thought he was all right. I think he was much better comic relief than C-3PO and R2-D2, to be quite honest. Certainly better than Jar Jar Binks. Uh, but uh, Kylo Ren was actually a legitimately interesting villain. You actually felt for him in the final movie. Spoiler alert. The final movie, when he gives up his life for Rey, you really, really do feel for him that, hey, this is just not good. And actually... I, I cried in that movie too. I'm just crying all over the place. Um, it was really good, and that was the that was the only really good part of it. But you know, a number of reviewers and commentators pointed out with the newest Star Wars series that Ray, the main character, who turns out to be again spoiler alert, sorry, turns out to be the granddaughter of Emperor Palpatine. Ray is just overpowered. She's OP. She is just running around and nothing is difficult for her. She just overcomes all of the challenges. She's just naturally more powerful than anybody and everybody. And she just flies through all of these challenges as though that really is all that was needed all along. If Anakin had been a woman, presumably he would have just flown through with flying colors. If uh, Luke had been a woman, he would have gotten uh, Darth Vader dispensed with the first time around i don't know i don't know maybe i'm going too far but there was not the struggle there was not the character progression and the growth with these characters in the the latest star wars uh trilogy because they didn't need character growth they weren't trying to show individuals growing past their limitations or their foibles or their weaknesses or their shortcomings or their insecurities they weren't trying to show that first and foremost they were trying to show what they want people to think like and what they want people to feel like and trying to tell you not how to think and not trying to teach you a good moral they were just trying to show you what they want you to be brainwashed by unfortunately it was a lot of social engineering and uh, unfortunately or fortunately it's not very compelling it's unfortunate because the star wars series was one of my favorites growing up and it really was a, a crying shame that they did with it what they did could have been much better it could have been like the mandalorian actually there's a contrast for you the mandalorian by john favreau has been fantastic from a storytelling standpoint 
and a character development standpoint. You look at the progression of the main character, Mando, and the way that he holds the child in the very first part of the show, and then as the show progresses, he's more and more attached to this child that he's taken care of and he's been protecting, to the point where he takes his mask off at the very end of, again, sorry, spoiler alert, takes his mask off at the end of the last season here, and he's crying over saying goodbye to this child, Grogu. And it's this beautiful father-son story that John Favreau does really well at. He did a great job with his uh, namesake movie or his, uh, oh, what do you want to call it? Um, yeah, his, his very first film, uh, we'll put it that way. His very first film was Elf, and it's a father-son story. And then he, he's single-handedly responsible for the Iron Man movies, which kick-started the Marvel Universe, which is now you know, the biggest thing since forever. And uh, he started that off with the Iron Man movie, the first one with Robert Downey Jr., who has, you guessed it, daddy issues. He's got issues with his father having been just kind of difficult and kind of impossible and kind of distant and kind of all these things. And so all of this is to say that it is possible to make good movies but unfortunately, the Woketopia Hollywood types do not want to make good movies. They want to make an effort, make a go at social engineering. So we'll see how that goes with uh, The Croods 2 and uh, Wonder Woman 1984. So far, I think the box office has punished 1984 at least. People are not going for it. They don't find that engaging and stimulating, rightly so. So hopefully Hollywood gets the message. But in the meantime, there's a headline today out of Washington, D.C. And uh, I'll just read a little selection for you here from TheBlaze.com. The article by Chris Enlow is titled, House Democrat Ends Prayer with Amen and Ah Woman Gets Destroyed When Ben Shapiro Explains the Meaning of Amen. So here the article reads, in a demonstration of political correctness run amok, Rep. Emmanuel Cleaver, Democrat from Missouri, offered the opening prayer of the 117th Congress on Sunday, ending the invocation with Amen and Ah Woman. Cleaver's shocking choice of words came after Democrats proposed eliminating all gendered language from the House rules, instead opting for gender-inclusive language. Cleaver's decision to end the prayer with supposed gender inclusivity was no doubt a nod to his party's genderless agenda. Not only did Cleaver conclude the prayer with an unorthodox, supposed gender-inclusive ending, the entire prayer was riddled with politically correct statements. In fact, Cleaver, despite being an ordained Methodist minister, appeared to endorse universalism or omnism, the idea that all religions lead to the same deity. We ask these things in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and God known by many names, by many different faiths, Amen and Awoman. Cleaver said to end the prayer. Cleaver was widely denounced for the prayer not only because of its politically correct nature, but because his ending was not congruent with grammar. As Ben Shapiro, an Orthodox Jew, explained, the common ending used to finish prayers, Amen, is a biblical Hebrew word that communicates affirmation or support, and in the context of prayer conclusion, means may it be so. That is exactly right. And I was thinking this all day long as I was getting articles from my friends Jeff Leif and my cousin Micah in Montana, and also from the gun group guys, Travis, Taylor, Joe, and Caleb here in Greeley. 
And I was listening to the talk around the water cooler at work once I got to work, and I'm thinking about this, and it's just like, you know, how ignorant is this that you have an ordained minister saying, ah, woman, as if the root word is men. It is not men. The root word of amen is not men. Just because it's got those three letters in it does not mean that this has anything to do with men. So continuing on, this says, uh, quote, amen is a biblical Hebrew word. It is a word simply meaning may it be so. It has nothing to do with the word man or woman because it is from Hebrew. Shapiro reacted. In fact, biblical Hebrew is an inflected language, meaning grammatical gender is built into the language system. Grammatical gender is completely unrelated to human gender. For example, the Hebrew word meaning heavens or sky is grammatically masculine, while the word meaning earth, land, is grammatically feminine. Grammatical gender is often a difficult concept for native English speakers to grasp because modern English is an analytical language, meaning English uses word order, propositions, I'm sorry, prepositions, verbal voice, and other features to discern syntax and understand meaning. Okay, so you get the big idea here. The big idea is that it is very easy and quick to prove that amen has nothing to do with men. And the fact that this minister either didn't know or didn't care or didn't care that he didn't know or didn't know that he didn't care, whatever, however you want to explain this, it is just ridiculous. It is folly. It doesn't even upset me, though. So that's the thing. I, I'm not upset. I'm not angry. This doesn't get under my skin. I just laugh at it because it is so absurd that it defies ridicule. It is so silly that you would think this came from a Babylon Bee or some other satirical news site headline. And just to underscore that point, my buddy Scott Walston, who was mentioning about uh, Crudes 2 to me this morning when I was at work, uh, he also sent me a Babylon Bee article after we were talking about this whole debacle with the 117th Congress. And uh, he sent me an article from the Babylon Bee, and it jokes about churches replacing their hymnals with hernals because we don't want to be, you know, non-inclusive. We want to be gender inclusive in the old hymnals. And what... Really, I mean, I almost honestly would have to do a double take and just see that that is a Babylon Bee article. Is this really a Babylon Bee article? Because I'm just not sure anymore. I'm just not sure. Anyway, okay. So a passage of the scriptures comes to mind with regards to all of this. And I want to read it for you. This is from Isaiah chapter 3. And this is a chapter which has as its heading in the English Standard Version, Judgment on Judah and Jerusalem. So let's just go ahead and read that real quick, and I'll give you some commentary on it. So, verse 1. For behold, the Lord God of hosts is taking away from Jerusalem and from Judah support and supply, all support of bread and all support of water, the mighty man and the soldier, the judge and the prophet, the diviner and the elder, the captain of fifty and the man of rank, the counselor and the skillful magician and the expert in charms. And I will make boys their princes and infants shall rule over them. And the people will oppress one another, every one his fellow and every one his neighbor. The youth will be insolent to the elder and the despised to the honorable. For a man will take hold of his brother in the house of his father, saying, You have a cloak, you shall be our leader, and this heap of ruins shall be your rule. 
In that day he will speak out, saying, I will not be a healer. In my house there is neither bread nor cloak. You shall not make me leader of the people. For Jerusalem has stumbled, and Judah has fallen, because their speech and their deeds are against Yahweh, defying his glorious presence. For the look on their faces bears witness against them. They proclaim their sin like Sodom. They do not hide it. Woe to them, for they have brought evil on themselves. Tell the righteous that it shall be well with them, for they shall eat the fruit of their deeds. Woe to the wicked, it shall be ill with him. For what his hands have dealt out shall be done to him. My people, infants are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, your guides mislead you, and they have swallowed up the course of your paths. Yahweh has taken his place to contend. He stands to judge peoples. Yahweh will enter into judgment with the elders and princes of his people. It is you who have devoured the vineyard. The spoil of the poor is in your houses. What do you mean by crushing my people, by grinding the face of the poor, declares the Lord God of hosts. So, that ends off at verse 15. We read Isaiah chapter 3, 1 through 15. And I want to highlight for you this one verse here. Verse 12. My people, infants are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, your guides mislead you, and they have swallowed up the course of your paths. Now, what is this saying? What does it mean that infants would be your oppressors and women would rule over you? My people, when your infants are oppressing you, that speaks to a great weakness of character. It speaks to a great weakness of physical strength, of mental strength, of emotional strength. You are a pansy. You are a soy boy. You are a flim-flam. You're wishy-washy. Of all the Charlie Browns in the world, you're the Charlie Browniest. You need to grow a pair. If infants are your oppressors, you are very weak indeed. And when when, when women rule over you, that is another sign that something is very broken. Now, this is not, first and foremost, a condemnation of the women any more than Eve was the right one to blame, first and foremost, for humanity falling into sin. Now, you'll remember Adam blamed Eve for having given him the fruit, the forbidden fruit, which he took and ate. But before he blamed Eve, he blamed God. The woman that you gave me gave me the fruit and I ate of it. So Adam is quick to blame Eve. He's quick to blame God who gave him Eve. Eve was a great gift until Adam decided he didn't want to be the head of his home and the head of humanity. He didn't want to fulfill his responsibilities as the man of the house or the man of the garden, however you want to put it. And so also with us, if we blame women for stepping up to the plate, I think we may be are taking the wrong tact here. And I think of the judge Deborah in the Old Testament book of Judges. When Deborah steps up, is the problem with Deborah or is the problem with all of the rest of the men in Israel, including but not limited to, first and foremost, Barak. Barak refuses to go into battle without this woman holding his hand. It's like she's his mother. And, oh, I, I'm, I'm too afraid to go to my first day of kindergarten. I can't do it without you. You got to go with me. You got to, come on, you got to. I can't do this without you. 
seriously man up like what is wrong with you you're hiding in her skirts you should be trusting in god and it's not a mark against deborah god bless deborah for having some faith and some courage but it is a mark against the men of israel who in a very similar vein in david and saul's day they were all content to sit in their tents as goliath was mocking the armies of the living God. He was mocking God himself for days on end. And it isn't until David, the lowly shepherd, who was kind of the black sheep within his family, shows up and says, who's going to fight this guy? I'll fight him. It isn't until David shows up that anything is done about it. And in the meantime, everybody else is being passive, including but not limited to the king. And so here in this case, we've got a ordained minister who has been somehow elected to the House of Representatives. Lo and behold, this guy represents his district in Missouri. There are people that actually voted for this guy. And now he's in there. And now he's praying to Brahma. He's an ordained minister from a ostensibly, supposedly, Christian denomination. And he's praying to Brahma. He's praying to the monotheistic god. Oh, to the unknown God, let me erect this altar. We're going backwards. You are devolving. Do you feel yourself turning into that puddle of goo that gets struck by lightning at some point? Do you you feel yourself turning back into that within your view of origins because you don't probably accept the biblical literal six days, God rests on the literal seventh account in Genesis? You don't accept that gender is something that God invented, designed, created for a purpose, on purpose. God made man in his image, male and female. He created them. You don't believe that. It doesn't say God made him and her and Jay and Manique and whatever. I don't even know what all the names of genders are. I refuse to learn them. I have zero interest you're a man or you're a woman. And if you think you're something else, then you are confused, but you are still a man or a woman. You're a confused man or you're a confused woman. Uh, amen and a woman. Woe to you. <laughs> My people, infants are their oppressors and women rule over them. You can tell that women rule over this country behind the scenes when all of a sudden we're going to start saying silly, stupid things like ah women in our House of Representatives, in our convening session of the 117th Congress. You can tell that women rule over us when we come up with dumb ideas like that to flatter the women because we think that that's what's required now. Woe to the kind of women who think that that is what they need in order to be validated and affirmed also. That's pathetic. Woe to the men who don't have any more spine or self-respect or dignity or discretion or knowledge or wisdom than that, that they would be willing to flatter those kinds of women. Like, why are you trying to impress those kinds of women? You've become wise in your own eyes. You think that this is a really smart idea, which just goes to show how dumb you've become. This is terrible. This is awful. I'm not upset with you. I'm not angry with you. But you really should be ashamed of yourself because this is just silly. This is embarrassing. If you don't have the good sense to blush at this, then, as they say in the South, bless your heart. So I think it's important for us to remember women are valuable. They're made in God's image. 
women should be protected. They should be loved. The New Testament is very clear about that when it says that husbands should love their wives as Christ loved the church, laying his life down for her. You are doing your level best as a husband when you're a Christian husband and you're obeying God's word to obey God and to honor your wife, to treat her well in a way that is going to please God, in a way that's going to honor God. Any nonsense to the contrary is just that. It's nonsense. The Bible has elevated women historically far and away above what other cultures that were godless or that were not Christian elevated women. In fact, many cultures around the world where it is said that they have a more enlightened view of women, where the women are actually in charge and they do all the work and then they have all the power, that is not an enlightened view of men and women. That's a lot of men who didn't feel like lifting a finger, who felt like having the woman do all of their work, who came up with a corrupt culture, which is confused and which doesn't work. And you get in so many other places where women have been oppressed and they have been mistreated because they're not regarded as having been made in God's image. They're not treated with respect as though there's going to be an account given to God for how we treat them. Christianity is very uniquely suited in that it elevates and it exalts and it protects women, but along the lines that God created them. It is not just that women are you know, men with some different parts and, uh, you know, usually a different voice and all of that. It is that women are, yes, they're creating God's image. Yes, they are part of humanity, but they are different. And God made them for a different purpose. And it's glorious when we each embrace the individual purpose that God created us for. Some of us are men and some of us are women and some of us are children. And in every case, in all of the above, God has a purpose for us being here. We were born for such a time as this. Even within men as a type, some men have certain gifts. Some men have certain abilities. They have certain talents. They have certain things the master has given to them to invest. And other men do not have those talents. They have other sets of talents. And the point is not that we're all identical, that you boil us all down until there are no distinctions and no differences, as though that is what is required in order to treat other people with respect. Otherwise, if that is the way that we show respect for one another, everything's got to be absolutely even and uniform, then what do you do but go around chopping off all of the parts that distinguish one person from another? Well, then you got to go even further because our bone structure is different. Men and women's bone structure is different. You know, you can't get around the fact that men typically have broader shoulders unless you're going to give them hormone therapy, which I guess is what we've come to now. It's lunacy. It just really is. It's craziness. It is a sign of the effects of sin causing rot in our culture, causing rot in our institutions. It is a sign of decay and death. Sin leads to death. In this case, it is a kind of cultural death. And that's sad. And we don't mourn as those who have no hope. I hope that there is some kind of a judgment that this is so ridiculous, it's so absurd that it serves as a wake-up call. And it might, and it might not. Either way, we trust to God and we keep our heads and we look to God to be our standard. We don't fear men. Do not fear men who can only kill the body and then have nothing more than they can do to you. Fear God who can both kill the body and throw the soul into hell. 
We fear God and we love God and we follow God and we worship God and we rejoice in his word because in his word is freedom. It is life. It is life-giving. It is a way of, yes, honoring him, but it's a way of actually accomplishing our purpose in a successful way, in a productive way, being good stewards of our talents. So anyway, that's all I've got for this episode. Didn't want to take a whole lot of time to belabor this point, but amen and our woman, just plain silliness. And we shouldn't fall for that. We shouldn't be a part of it. The emperor has no clothes, and uh, we need to be a part of pointing that out. We need to have the right idea about gender. We need to have the right idea about how God has oriented us and why we're here and who God is and who we are and all those things. We get those from his word. And uh, anyway, that's all I got for today. Thanks for listening. If you would, again, I'll plug my book. If you haven't picked it up just yet, pick up a copy, order it. You can get the paperback or the Kindle version from Amazon right now. The audiobook won't be out until uh, ideally April 1st, 2020. If it's ready sooner, then I'll let you know. But in the meantime, you can read the paperback. Uh, I think it's a great little read. My wife said it was a very quick read. Uh, for her, she reads a lot of books for our kids' schooling. She said compared with a lot of things that she reads, it was a very quick read, very easy. And so anyway, check it out. Take a look. Let me know what you think. And uh, until tomorrow or whenever next we get a chance to record, God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you heard today, visit the homepage for On The Rocks blog at onthe.rocks. Also, check out On The Rocks blog podcast with Micah Hirschberger weekly on Anchor FM. If you haven't yet done so, hit subscribe to this podcast also. And you can reach Garrett Ashley Mullet with any comments, questions, or complaints at garrettmullet at gmail.com.